Good morning, good afternoon, depending on wherever you're at the time of this recording. This is episode 133 of the Restricted Zone Podcast. And it's a two-man crew today, man. Kyrie, introduce yourself to the people out here, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What's going on, Colin? What's going on, viewers? Shout out to everybody that's been tuning in, man. Yo, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe to every video. Like, like and comment on every video that we post, man. If you if you ain't subscribed to us and you're watching, make sure you subscribe, please. It helps us out a lot, man. But out to everybody has been watching this, yo. We, we, we've been going up a little bit since we since we joined YouTube. Absolutely, man. It seems like every every week or every other week we get at least two subscribers or more. And uh, you guys are streaming our episodes like crazy, you know, uh, whether it be uh-huh. Apple, Spotify, you know, whatever streaming site that we are on, uh, I see it. And you, you guys are really tapped in with us. You know, you guys are rocking with us. And, we, you know, we're rocking with you guys too, man, so. We appreciate all the love and support. You don't take it for granted. We just it just inspires us to work hard. So, with that being said, episode 133 is straight basketball today, man. It was some big news happening a couple of days ago. We get into it a little bit late, but we're we, we're here. Drew Holiday's traded to the well to the Celtics. He originally was traded to the Portland Trailblazers. We obviously realized that wasn't going to be a long term thing, obviously. Yep. And then of course he gets traded to the Celtics, and now the Celtics looking like a super team over here, man. People are calling it the big four, and it's kind of crazy because Drew Holiday, uh, I think he's a little bit – I think he's an upgrade past Marcus Smart. But before we really get into all that, uh, the NBA has been making a lot of moves lately in terms of uh, the Eastern Conference. Teams are really making a lot of moves. I feel like the West has kind of been stable uh, besides a few teams. The Suns stocking up, you know, what they got to do. The Nuggets are reigning champs. Lakers. Uh, they, Lakers too definitely made some key signings, re-signings as well. I like the Jared Vanderbilt re-sign, and they picked sure. up uh, they picked up Gabe Vincent. You know they, they did a lot of nice things. Keep, absolutely, keep themselves competitive. So you know, uh, and listen, I just feel like now the NBA, the NBA championship, even though the Nuggets are the reigning champions, I I think they don't got a firm chokehold yet because I feel like the East they got some competitors, but Kyrie. Listen, let's get straight to it. Drew Holiday trade to the Celtics. I mean, what does this mean for the Celtics? What does it mean for the Eastern Conference? What does it mean for the, the main competitor, the Bucks? Because it's literally at this point, 1A, 1B. It literally depends on however you want to look at it. So mm-hmm. go ahead, give me your thoughts on that. Well, it, it's, it's a lot, yo. It's a lot to tackle with this trade that went down right here. It's definitely a... Uh, a seismic change that's been made in the East this past couple of weeks, of course, with the Dame trade and them stocking up and um, the Boston going out and getting Drew Holiday, a perennial two, uh, two-way two uh, point guard. It can go out and guard your your, uh, your first option, your second option every night. And um, he's just a professional. He's, he's a straight professional. He's, he's a guy that's going to fit in well with the Celtics culture. But, bro, as, as far as what it means for the East, I mean, we're, we're we're fans of Eastern Conference teams. Y- y- Sixers. We're from the East Coast, you know. So, I, I'm I'm a, I'm I'm a little shook, and and I feel like other teams that are, I feel like other people that are fans of like teams in the uh, in the East that are not the Celtics or or the, or the Milwaukee Bucks are feeling the same way, especially Heat fans, because oh, I feel man. like the Heat fans got robbed because not only did they get Dame, the guy Dame got traded for and Drew Holiday landed on a team that. Everybody, every, everybody, their mom knew he wasn't going to keep them, mm. and they couldn't even get their hands on him after after the Dame thing fell through. So it was just like a double slap to the face. And me personally speaking, I feel like Drew Holiday fits the Heat more than the Celtics. Me personally, because of the defensive <laughs> style, needed him more. The Heat needed him more. I feel like 
if they had Drew Holiday, I'm thinking, wait, now the Heat really could have made some. They probably could have possibly not win a championship, but they could definitely strengthen the chances to win the championship because, well. But the, but this is the thing with Miami, bro. Like, what really do you got to give up? I mean, you, Tyler Harrell, of course, was going to have to be dangled in there, but Portland made it clear even through the Dame trades that they didn't, they didn't really want Tyler Harrell. It doesn't make the, – all the guards they have mm-hmm. – like, it just made no they, sense with Tyler Hero to go there. They, they weren't going to get Bam out of bio. That was a legacy. They, they probably wasn't going to let them touch none of the young guys like Jovic or I don't know. Maybe he would have been in there. Or Hame, they definitely would have let Jaime Hawkins be in there. They wouldn't do it. They wouldn't have let Jaime go. Um, I, it wasn't really nothing you had to give them. So I, I think Portland realized that early. And, you know, they they made, they made turned Damian Lillard. And let's talk about the guys that got returned for Drew Holiday because – we got to talk about that on the end of the, of the Celtics losing. They lost Malcolm Brogdon and um, Robert Williams. And uh, I think two, like two future uh, first-round picks or something like that. Uh, a 2024 first-round pick uh, via Golden State and a 2029 first-round pick. So they, they 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 Portland got them some more depth. They got some veteran talent in Malcolm Brogdon, who's been around, who's really helped the Celtics and was a key part to them making the uh uh, the I'm sorry, the Easter Conference Finals last year, uh, this past season, and um, Robert Williams, even though he was down a lot of this season, he was in and out, and he was dealing with some some bad injuries. He uh, he, he's when he's out there, he's still an effective big. He's an effective rim runner, and being out there with you got, you still got a, you got a big like DeAndre Ayton. Now that's going to take a lot of pressure off. Huh. Now, and the thing is, Robert Williams, can you switch him to the four? He's not really a guy that can really. He's not, you know, he doesn't. He's not diverse enough to be a four. So it's kind of yeah. like. Is he gonna be fine coming off the bench when he was starting with the Celtics on a on a championship contending team, and then yeah. he goes from that to a re- well, he, clearly a he, rebuilding. He was he was in and out of the starting lineup. He was, he was hurt. Dealing with right, he was hurt. Yeah, and of course. So, be, being over there in Portland, I I don't know how well him and DeAndre Jordan. Uh, I mean, DeAndre, DeAndre Ayton. <laughs> <laughs> DeAndre Ayton are really met uh, like pair up. Down there because DeAndre Ayton is an interior big. He doesn't take a lot of jump shots or a lot of mid ranges here and there. But I don't know. Portland's young. They can afford to to they can afford to like experiment with some stuff and just like throw guys out there and see what works and what doesn't. Okay. And landing a guy like Malcolm Brogdon, who like I was mentioning, is he's been around the league one rookie of the year, um, fifty forty ninety club. He's just a, a pro's pro, and everywhere he, he's going, he's, he's a veteran. He's a veteran that's going to take School Henderson under his wing and show him how to be a professional. Exactly. Shady Sharp as well. He needs it. You know. Simons, because Anthony Simons still isn't fully done developing. Well, I think they did his job. I don't. They they did his job. A lot of them. You you see a lot of them. See they did wear off. They wear off on. Okay. Them, all right. You see. All right. All right. As long as you see. Him coming off them screens and stuff like he definitely got some of that from CJ. So they 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 they, did, they left their imprint on him. He's but. Good. It's still Malcolm Brogdon, though. He's still got a lot to learn from him as far as he's still got. I feel like he's got a lot to offer these guys here in Portland. And I think it, I think it could kind of be a breath of fresh air for him, kind of like how he was in, in, in Indiana. Mm. He didn't really force his way out of there into to like playing with a contender. They, it just kind of happened. But he, when he was playing with like a less uh, less talented Indiana team, he, he, still he put up numbers. He did. He put up numbers. Competitive in a lot of aspects. So I like them getting him. But back to Boston, the, like the meat and potatoes of this, bro. Drew Holiday and Derek White in the backcourt. You're talking about losing Marcus Smart, but having those two in the backcourt right there, I think it makes up for it. It, it, it's gonna wreak some, it was gonna wreak some havoc. 
is going to wreak some havoc because they're both they're both six four. They're both switchable. They're both getting good at getting through screens. Like there are a lot of ways. Derek White's like a like a diet like like for version. A diet he, he does a lot of the same things. He can play food and and, and, and uh, be able to get to a bucket, but he does a lot of the little things, a lot of the hustle plays, diving on the floor. Can you talk about that? Can you talk about that putback, man? Come on. Exactly. Prime Come on. Yo, watching that live was crazy too. I couldn't even believe that. I thought Fundament- I always say fundamentals, right? Though that's a guy that was clearly taught the most important plays are sometimes the hustle plays. Didn't he pass the ball in? Yes. He, he 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 passed it in off I think in that play right. Yeah, he did. I, yeah, yeah, no, that's what he did. Yeah, yeah something like. But those two in the backcourt alone, I'm not even thinking about Tatum Brown and Kristaps. Oh, they're, the they're fine. They're fine. They're fine. Them two in the backcourt alone, bro, and, and Tatum and Brown, I can't really diss them because they growing. Jalen Brown's always been a good defender, but Tatum's going into a really good defender too. Yes, yes. And do more, but I yeah. think I'm, I'd assume they they start Kristaps at the five. Well, he's a defensive liability, though. He's not so, but you got no choice. Whoa, he's the whoa. only big man. You can't say he's not a liability. He he's not. Excuse me. He's not a defensive liability. He's not as bad as Jokic. He's not as bad as some other big like Carl Anthony Towns. He's not as bad as some of exactly. them. But he's not as. But he's not. He's an average defender, and that's mm-hmm. fine if you're for the Celtics. That's fine mm-hmm. for the Celtics. Yeah, when you got those guys on the wing, you got those guys on the perimeters. It's. It's going to negate a lot of guys getting into the paint and a lot of a lot of penetration that happening. So it's that's a scary starting five to look at. And uh, I I, I want to hear what you got to say, bro. As a Sixers fan, I mean, you, y'all was up there with them as as far as like ratings last. Y'all was like one of the well, top, both top teams in the East last year. You seen jo, you seen Joel's reaction to it? He said, "Yo, this all season been crazy." Like and, yeah, and, you, you, and y'all are going through it still with Harden. Him still, he, he showed up to the training camp, but he's still voicing his opinion. I mean, uh, voicing his uh, his displeasure with the Sixers and saying that he wants to he wants to leave. So as as a Sixers fan, bro, what do you what do you think about this move the Celtics made? Like, and how how much of it improved them? Well, I know for a fact uh, as a Sixers fan, and I, I I'm saying this for every Sixers fan. I hope none of us had championship aspirations. Those pretty much out the window. <laughs> uh, Chris gonna love hearing this. Uh, I mean, honestly speaking, wh- what's the maximum we could get for James Harden? Because I feel like there's nothing we could genuinely get for James. Because who really wants to get James Harden? You're gonna sacrifice a lot to get an aging guy mm-hmm. who he doesn't play defense, right? He's an on and off guy. He'll give you 45 one game, but then he'll stink it up and give you seven turnovers with it too the next game. <laughs> He's not reliable in the playoffs, so you're only really expecting him to elevate you in the regular season, but we need you in the playoffs. So it's like – and then the Rockets were actually wanting to go – well, it was some steam. The Rockets wanted to get him. And right. it turns out – but I read an article. Um, The Rockets had Koji Doka said Fred Van Fleet was the better fit for the Rockets, but I also believe so too. I agree with that. I definitely agree but with that. James Harden is just – he just doesn't fit anywhere. I think the Clippers are probably the only team – Honestly, that would be James Harden's last shot at a title. Just the Clippers, because he can't win it with us. It's, it's over with the analogy. And and I I like that. I, that's a good point that you brought up, Colin. Because I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep it short because I want you to talk a little bit on the Celtics and the, and their trade more. I want to see right. your opinion on it. But when if you're James Harden, and these past few seasons you forced you you forced your way out of out of Houston, made it a whole debacle. Mm. Forced your way out of Brooklyn, made made it a whole debacle. You're playing, 
And not to mention, you're playing with two future Hall of Famers in Brooklyn. That, and now you're playing with a, with a, with an MVP and another future Hall of Famer, and Joel and B, and nothing and, and nothing's good for you. Nothing, nothing makes you happy. You're so getting, now we you're see getting, he's a common denominator. Now, all right, now so, you see he's a common denominator. So it's like, what? Why do you expect a team like the Clippers to put their necks out and and give up draft capital or give up a guy, a key guy like Terrence Mann or something like that, or maybe even a a Bones Highland for you in the past your past three stops you you continuously just made made a mess out of everything and just and, and made nothing but media headlines for the wrong things still playing pretty good still playing pretty good I got to go Andrew double double exactly. putting up his 20 and 11 like I like I thought he would when he uh, when he re up with you guys last year and he came and decided to come back last year I said it he, he's going to put up anywhere from 18 to 21 a game and average like nine, ten assists, put up twenty and eleven, and like you said, though it worked well in the regular season. What was y'all the second seed? We were the third seed. Third seed. Mm-hmm. And so I think I think the Cavs was fourth, and the Knicks was five. You guys were five. Yeah, yeah. something like mm-hmm. that. But still, second round exit. He couldn't take y'all over the hump. So it, I don't, I don't see, him, I don't see how he expects a team like the Clippers to look at him like, yo, this, this could be a guy that takes us over the hump. When you showed in your last few stops that, like, you, 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 you just, it, it, you're just a problem. You're just a walking problem. Man, and, and not only that, it's just like, what what's the expectation for James Harden at this point? It, it, in regular season, did, can he still give you a double-double? I think he could. But the most important thing, once again, is the playoffs. Uh, man, your playoff history, it just sucks. All right, I, mean, I almost said something crazy, but I'm going to keep it PG. It mm. sucks. It's flatline sucks. And I feel like no team or contender is going to look at that and say, that's why I thought it was crazy when we got him. I mean, I did support James Harden. Chris will bring it up. I said, my guy, when he dropped 45, because yep. I didn't expect it. I don't think anyone expected him to do that. Come on. Right. <laughs> yep. He was happy that Ben was going. That's what it was, bro. No one expected it. I'm like, can he pull this together? And then he sticks up his game. So yeah, and then that's just the reality of it. That's what any team when you get James Harden, you, you, you gotta expect that. You gotta expect he'll go off one game and he'll absolutely disappoint you the next game. But I think for the Clippers in their case, like I said, I think it would be absolutely nuts if the Clippers trade for James Harden. I think they don't need him at all. In no ways. They really don't need James Harden. But let's say if they were to trade James Harden, I would be ecstatic. If we could get Terrence Mann, they wouldn't throw in Norman Powell. They wouldn't do that. They wouldn't no, throw him. No, they wouldn't do that. Like a I, I'm just, they need that. Bro. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just wishfully talking right now. But is in a couple of draft picks maybe because uh, because we we're, we're going to need a draft pick because I really feel like Joel does Joel want to be a Sixers for the rest of his career. I can't say 100% anymore. Actually, two or three years ago, I'd say absolutely. And, and, and knock at the F off. Don't even ask me that type of question. But now, hey, man, if I'm Joel, I'm, I just want to see him play under Nick Nurse. I want to see him play under a coach that's going to utilize schemes. He's going to actually make offensive adjustments. He's mm-hmm. actually going to utilize the bench. He's not just going to play six, seven guys and keep him on the leash, right? Right. You're really you, – you, like, I like Nick Nurse as a coach because, once again, I said this many times in the podcast, after Kawhi left, he still took that team 53-19. and 19. Let that sink in. No superstar. Now, imagine you got a superstar 
You got a young star in Tyrese Maxey. I think he's a young star. I think this is his year. Uh, I don't think – I think this is Tyrese Maxey's year. I feel like they got to give Tyrese Maxey the keys. Let him play point guard. Let him – and I feel like he'll do a phenomenal job at it. He's quick, athletic, can shoot. All three – listen, I just think it's time. I think it's time we, we either – we got, let me. Got a, I got a question to ask you though, because we, we kind of got to got to get back on track here. But let's say hypothetically, you guys do make those moves. You do say let's say the, the Clippers gave give you guys what you want. They give you Terrence Mann and two uh, future first rounders, or two uh, future picks in general for uh, for Harden, and I don't know, maybe some stragglers along with it. Well, let's but see. and and. On top of that, Tyrese Maxey turns into that 23, 24-point-per-game guy, starts yeah. to take that next step towards superstar status. I mean, where do they compete with Boston at that point? Well, I mean, listen, the Nuggets won with a great supporting cast that had defined rules, and they played it to their best of their ability. They had a great coach in Malone. He's a phenomenal coach. Look at what he did from 2014 to now. He's developed every single one of those guys. Not that besides that, he brought in the past two years in the year, obviously, but he's developed Yogi, he's developed Murray, he's developed MPJ. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at Nick Nurse, and no, he didn't draft those guys, right? But I'm sure he's played against them for a good amount of times to have a good grasp of their strengths and weaknesses. And now being the head coach of what these guys, personal and in phase day-to-day, I'm pretty sure if we get the right supporting cast, we let Maxi and Joel Embiid do their thing, I think now, can we win a championship? I don't know. The Bucs and Celtics are too damn stacked, to be honest with you. But, man, I feel like I would say I would take my chances with that Sixers team as opposed to what we have right now. And let's say James Harden decides to stop whining and powering and he wants to play with the Sixers again. I'm not that ecstatic about it. I'm really not because it's just like you're taking away from Maxi once again, right? You're taking away from him. But I don't think Nick Nurse is the type of coach – that'll just play a star just because he's a star, right? If he right. sees Maxi is a young – if he sees Maxi's a guy, he could be that guy, I'm sure Nick Nurse will have no problem putting Maxi in that position. So I'm mm. not too worried about that. Doc, obviously, we saw what he did. Uh, But, yeah, man, like I said, the Vector Sixers would still be competitive, but I don't still – I don't think we still be championship contenders. But yeah. will we have a better shot? Of course. Right now, we don't have a shot. In my opinion, it's just zero to me, literally. I feel it. So, I got one more question about Boston. Unless you want to talk, to, you, unless no. You, let's talk about Boston. Let's go. Let's talk about Boston. I got because obviously we know on the court it's five players and it's one ball, mm. and you got four guys in your starting lineup potentially. That all could at least give you a dub a game. Drew Holiday's probably more like 18, 17, 18. I'm going to say Drew Holiday, since he's the point guard, I'm going to keep it 15 to 16, but he'll have seven assists. I mean, he'll have more than six assists, in my opinion. But this is my thing. A guy like Derek White, I'm not worried about because he just lets the game come to him. Of course. But where, how does Drew Holiday, I'm trying to think of a way to word this. How does Drew Holiday? Put together that puzzle of keeping well, uh, Jason Brown, Jason Tatum, and, and Chris Stops, and and uh, Joe Mazzulla too, because it's, it's going to be job too. How do they how do they distribute the ball between those three guys, other uh, main three guys, and, and Brown, Tatum, and, and Porzingis, and 
and keep everybody happy. Like it's it's, well, it's not it's not enough basketball to go around. I feel like in my and I felt like before even the Drew trade, um, when they got like uh, when they had got uh, Porzingis at first, I felt like yo, like I don't. I don't know who's going to take the back seat, and I don't know if anybody's going to be happy to take the back seat. It can't be J- it can't be Jalen Brown because you just he just you just made him one of the gave him the best contract in NBA history. Porzingis just show, it was just been showing you in Washington like yo when you give him the ball he's a he's a deadly scorer, and Jason Tatum is Jason Tatum like it, like so what what do you what how do you think Boston kind of puts together that puzzle of keeping everybody happy and keeping everybody involved on the offense when when it comes to those guys. I don't think Drew Holiday takes anything away from them. I think he only adds. If Drew Holiday was something you had to sacrifice any one of those three stars, then I, maybe the Celtics wouldn't be too eager to really get him. Maybe mm. they would still get him just because it's Drew Holiday at the end of the day, but I, he doesn't take anything away because Drew, you're not bringing Drew Holiday to score. You're bringing him. He's he's an upgrade of Marcus Smart to me. He's a better scorer than Marcus Smart. He's clutch, and he's just he gives you the same amount of defense Marcus Smart gives you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you want to say Drew Holiday is a little bit older and that's why people are not too high about him, that's fair. He's what, 32, 33? He's, uh, like 30. he's, a little, he's a little bit, you know, but I still think he's one of those guys. He's always kept himself in shape. Never really saw – I never saw Drew Holiday ever out of shape. He's never. always kept – never. So, like, that's never been his – I think – Skinny. <laughs> yeah, he, he really came in like – he was skinny, skinny, man. I remember he was, that. But if I've never seen him – so, I'm – Durability's never been an issue with Drew, or has been, because he has seasons. But I feel like he doesn't take anything away from the Celtics team because range defense. He's a smart player, especially on, on the defensive end. He knows how to help, give help when it's time to give help to certain defenders. He doesn't really sag off defenders. And then as a point guard too, uh, he's hounding. Who was the most dynamic position in the league right now? Point guard. Who's one of the best on-ball perimeter defenders in the league? Drew Holiday. He can only help the Celtics, and he doesn't. He's not a, a a hunter for the shot. He doesn't look to score and take twenty shots. You know that's not Drew Holiday. That's not him anymore, at least, right? And right. I'm sure he understands this is not his team. Never will be. Never was. Uh, now Jalen Brown. Uh, so so someone, so Drew Holiday, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Christoph Porzingis. Now I just said Drew Holiday wouldn't be affected, but now you got Porzingis. And then you got Jalen Brown because I feel like at the end of the day you're not gonna take anything from Jason Tatum because he's the de facto star. Whether mm-hmm. people want to go Jalen Brown the star, I don't want to say that argument anymore because I think he, you know. But Jason Tatum is the star. He is the Celtics. He's gonna get his shots. Mm-hmm. Now, who wants to play second fiddle to uh, Jason Tatum? Now, it's got to be Brown or Kristaps Porzingis. Now, Brown's been here long enough. He has the chemistry. So, mm-hmm. naturally, it would make sense for Brown to be the second option. Now, Christoph Porzingis, he was having issues with the Wizards because he didn't want to be – well, even back then, to the Mavs, he didn't want to be a second option. To the Wizards, he didn't want to be a second option. He ended, up, he, ended up, he ended up being the main option when Bradley Bill went down. But when Bradley – but he – Christoph Porzingis wants to be the man. But I'm sure at this point, Porzingis knows that this is Tatum's team. This isn't his team. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is – it's not even – you can't even be the second option because Jalen Brown, you know, granted that he worked on his ball handling. I saw a little a, a video when he was bouncing the ball when he went to his left hand. I don't know what that was about. I hope that was just, like, to be funny. I'm going to say he was just trying to be funny because I would hate it. To sign him that contract and you're still struggling with your left, that's ridiculous at that point. Yeah. So, 
That's honestly ridiculous. But like I said, Jalen Brown, in my opinion, is moving forward until the coach feels like, you know, he sees what he sees in training camp, sees a couple of games early on in the season, maybe about Christmas. It could be some things switched up. But I expect scoring options to be number one, Tatum, number two, Brown, and the third one is Kristaps Porzingis. Okay. That's what I, I expect. Definitely agree, I definitely agree with that. I think Porzingis is going to definitely be the guy that takes the – the, the back step, like, out of those three, out of Brown, yes. Tatum, and himself. Because um, I, I definitely agree with you. I don't think Drew is coming there. And he's definitely not coming there to hunt shots. He's not coming there to be, like I said, the 18 to 20 point per game scorer. Right. And he's not going to be asked to take a lot of shots in crunch time. He's, that stuff's just going to flow and have to and have to come to him. Of or there's a complete mismatch with him. Right. But when it comes to Porzingis, my thing is, I don't think he never – I don't think – and I could be wrong, but I personally don't see think that he like minded being a second option because you got to remember where he started. He started in New York as a second option, like to Car- like to Carmelo Anthony, a top ten all time scorer. So, well, I mean that 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 was kind of like that's the only exception. Outside what, of that, I'm saying though, I'm saying though, he so he came into the league as a second, as a top five pick. Usually, you're coming to the league and 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 the team that you're going to. You're going to be the first option. You're the, you're the top guy for the most part, right? But he came in. He came into a. He came in, and had to play second fiddle. Had to play Batman to a guy that was already super accomplished and was on. And, and to be quite honest, after that, like a, like a season, like that season, I think was on the way down. Until he revitalized himself in Portland or whatever, but like he was on the way down and he was dealing with health issues and stuff. Right, but he still he still seen he still seen what it was like and got comfortable and understood what it was like to play with a guy that was the primary scorer and not himself. So, but what I think it was, what that was different when he went to Dallas was they diminished his role so much playing, playing second fiddle to Luka Doncic because Luka Doncic always has the ball. When you watch the Dallas Mavericks, he always has the ball in his hand. He's always creating. And I'm not trying to like say that as a slight against him or anything, but he always has the ball in his hand. He always creating. He's always probing. He's always like trying to find the open guy. The ball always finds itself. The ball. The ball always finds its way back to him. Like late in the shot clock when they need a shot and they couldn't really create nothing. Mm-hmm. So it didn't really leave any room for for Kristaps for real, for real. Like at least from what I seen, they it, it turned him straight up into a stretch, like a stretch big, and. That's like yeah, he can knock down the three, but getting those touches, and he's a guy that has to get his rhythm too. He has a guy that has to see the ball going, and he can get hot. Like I've seen it with the Wizards this season, and I've seen it with the Knicks in his first couple of seasons, where there, there was a lot of times like Melo would be on the floor for him, but they 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 drew up plays for Kristaps. They drew up like alley oop plays and backdoor stuff for him just to get him involved and just to get his confidence up there. So that's what I think the problem was in. Uh, in Dallas was that Luka Doncic had the ball in his hand so much and the attention was on him so much that Kristaps couldn't really flourish in his role as, as that second, that second option for real, for real, especially in the playoffs when of course in the playoffs, you're playing against the same team multiple times. So those exploitations are going to hit harder because just, just because they're so used to seeing it and they're so used to what you're going to do and then can already kind of, anticipate what you're going to do. So when it came to Kristaps, he became a non-factor in a lot of them, like a, a lot of those playoff games we, we've seen uh, these past couple years um, in Dallas. So I don't, I don't really see how that would be different here in Boston because you've got two guys in Taylor Brown that can both put up 25 a game. Exactly. And they, 
and the, and the Celtics offense flows a little. It flows a little bit more back. You're going to miss having a guy like Grant Williams because he was a guy that kept the ball flowing and stuff like that. But you still got like Peyton Pritchard. I think you still uh, Al Horford. I'm blanking on a few guys that's off their bench, but I still think they'll still. I still think they'll have like that flow, um, to them offensively. But I, I just don't. I just don't see how Kristaps being third straight, like a third fiddle now for real, for real, can like. Be be impactful. Like, I, I well, I think. Well, then it and then it. Well, it falls down on the coach too. Falls down how 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 he manages it. Uh, I think. You, you hear me? Oh yeah, I think it falls down to the coach at the end of the day too. At the same time, the players should figure it out themselves, right? They guys mm-hmm. communicate, obviously figure out and work together. But then it falls down on the coach as well, you know. And then yeah. I, I don't know. Is the guy? Is the coach? He's really young. If you would have told me Brad Stevens, I'd have been 100% confident because Brad Stevens is such a genius to me. And that's my thing. Too. He's such a second genius. Season. Or, or second is this his third? No, second season, right? This is his second season because he took the – yeah, that was his first year. Take a year. Yep, second season. The Mr. Never Call a Timeout Coach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Him and Coach I mean, Cal. Him and Coach Cal. Yeah, Mister Never Call Timeout Coaches. Telling you, man, be having them out there, be having them out there looking like like LA Fitness at three p.m. <laughs> like, I will never understand it. At least Coach Carroll eventually changed his ways. Let's see if this guy changes his ways. Right, but um, yeah, I feel like the Celtics, you know, and that also leads up to to the the next question of the, uh, the the episode because it's like which team between the Bucks, the Celtics, and the Suns. And the Lakers, I'm gonna throw Lakers in it. Those are like, who's the biggest threat to the Nuggets right. as the reigning champions? See, I'm I'm glad you said that because when we were supposed to do this episode with more people, yeah. When and I was thinking of this question, the first team that came to my head was the Lakers. Mm. And I just like I honestly thought people would say, like think I'm crazy or whatever, but like I'm here, you say it, and it's like I like yeah, like the I feel like the Lakers are could definitely be a threat to the Denver Nuggets because like, let's not get it twisted. I think Denver might be in for a slight regression next season mm. because they're going to have to play more of the young guys. I think Christian Braun is ready, but I don't really think any of the rookies they drafted are ready. I don't think Peyton Watson is really ready, like, for heavy minutes. Zeke and Najee, like, I, I'm not I'm sure. A little, I, I'm a little optimistic about Zeke and Najee. You know, I, I, mean, I, like, I like Zeke, but they don't really they don't play him much. They don't, they don't play him at all. Who is he behind now? Aaron Gordon, who else? Who else? Aaron- yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, I think, yeah. But and it and it might be more it might be more time for him because Jeff Green left. I forgot where exactly. he, I, I forgot where Jeff Green went to. I can't remember, but Jeff Green left and Bruce Brown went to Indiana. Sure did. That that was a hurt piece, but that was a hurt piece. I didn't expect that. I honestly didn't expect that. Yeah, he won his money. He's a champion now. I think he got that ring. I got what I wanted in this championship career. I'm a winner. So hey. Yeah. Chase the and, bag now. I don't blame him. Chase the bag. Right. And I don't think I don't think it's gonna be like a huge regression or anything, but I think we're gonna see some type of regression in the Denver Nuggets. Just just a little bit. Um I, honestly I was just thinking to myself the other day, like right now I feel like they would miss they they really miss a guy like Bones Highland. And I know they had like a little fallout and stuff. Bones uh, Highland doesn't play defense though, man. He'll give you twenty, but man, he'll let the other guy give you twenty five and, and thirty. That's what you got, Christian Broad, and that's what you got, Katavian Kate, Caldwell. Like, I would, I would love to have at least if I'm gonna put out five. Like, yeah, I think I don't want a lot because the playoff time, he's gonna constantly get attacked. But 
I don't I don't think so because the Nuggets play team defense. They don't Bulls Holly is too and then he's like what 160? One but this, this is the thing, no Bones definitely put on some some weight over the summer. I've been watching I've been watching him all summer, bro. He's been going crazy. All right, now, let's see what he do. <laughs> advocate or nothing from him. I'm just saying I think the Denver Nuggets have missed him in this aspect as to where they could I definitely think they can use a guy that can provide a punch off the bench, a scoring punch off the bench, and and at at certain times close games with the starting unit. Mm-hmm. Because he's a willing passer. There's there was times he's definitely right. Cause you gotta remember, yo, he's still super young. He's still super young. Oh, I was gonna say, whoa, I've seen some guys listen, go ahead. I was just saying there's sometimes that he could be erratic with like trying to make play, like trying to make the flashy plays and stuff like that. But we can't act like when Jamal Murray was out, he wasn't out there doing his thing as a rookie in Denver. He wasn't really helping. I out like Bones Highland. I do. I really do like him. I feel like the Nuggets, but hey, when they traded him, they play just went up, and it was just like that's yeah. undeniable in the show. It that's is. an undeniable it right, and that has to do with chemistry because there's locker room issues and stuff like through the attempt that definitely plays a part. Mm-hmm. But I, I say that all to say. I think you got. I think having him would still at least would make this year after a championship a lot easier for them. Like move, especially losing guys like Jeff Green and Bruce Brown. But I say that all to say, I think the Lakers definitely could be a. Uh, I I think they could be a, a. I think they could be a nightmare low key for the Denver Nuggets because one they match up with them better than they did last year. Um, we saw Rui Hachimura. He had some success against uh, Nikola Jokic in the, in the, mm-hmm. in the series last year. Yeah. They, they brought back Jared Vanderbilt, like you said. Sure did. Fifty-six million, I believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You you got a you got you got a, a mid-level rim runner in Jackson Hayes who's going to block shots, who, who mm-hmm. who's going to run in transition, who could really keep up with that team. Yeah. Like I I really Gabe like Vincent. That. You know, he got the playoff experience. Well, it brings a little, it brings a little bit that he culture with him too. The mindset, mm-hmm. the grit and grind. Yeah. Torian Prince, you got him as a wing defender, the guy Thank that can freeze in the corner. I really like the upgrades that the Lakers and, and not to mention Christian Wood, who Yeah, some, man. Listen. Some, he had a he had a down year in Dallas last year, and a lot of it was on him because he don't okay. play no and he wasn't and that's another one you put him in the game you don't expect defenses to take advantage of it that's just what's gonna happen you'd hope the offense offsets that but we'll see but this is this is the thing with him though him coming off the bench or even playing in games when anthony davis is hurt is gonna be such an upgrade because he can still get you he can still get you 19 he can he can score he can score on the low on the low block he can hit from the outside he has some scoring tools still and you're playing you're playing him with guys like Jackson Hayes now, who can play the five and you can have Wood at the four. You can have him out there with Vanderbilt. You can have him out there with Rui. It's a bunch of it's a bunch of different like lineups with those bigs out there that you can throw around here with them to kind of make up for that lack of defense that he has. So even when he when he's out there with Rui or when he's out there with Jared or out there with Jackson, his his, his or even Anthony Davis if he's if he's healthy. His objective is to go out there and score. At that point, he don't, he don't gotta play no. He don't gotta play D for real. His objective is to go out there and score. He get his get his 15, 15, 16, be, just be a threat and a, and another guy that defense has to worry about to make Anthony Davis's life a little bit easier, to make Bron's life a little bit easier, make D'Lo's mm-hmm. life a little bit easier. Hopefully, he he can become more consistent. Yo, I I think the Lakers could be a scary team in the West, bro. And 
it, it, and this is like the perfect team to have around him because you have you have spot up shooters, you have like young, you have some young guys. I didn't even mention Austin Reeves. AR fifteen, so supposedly call him. AR fifteen, exactly. But I, but I had some people uh in my in my workplace they disagree with that name very much. They don't feel like he deserved that nickname yet. Give he got to play consistently. What initials in his numbers? I, but they say he ain't deserve it. They they like nah. He got to play consistent for another two more seasons. He's got to show that he can really do it. That's something, something to call right Andre, Andre Karolinka was being called AK-47 as soon as he got in the league, dog. But it's because it, it, this was the AK, his number 47. But Andre Karolinka was a boy. He, but, but he did his thing, though. And you, I mean, Andre Karolinka was super with tough. Matt, with, with Matt Harpin. He was super and, tough. All right, let, let, all right come on. Yeah, he, he was tough, bro. He was tough. All I know. Right, I know right, he was right. tough. So I'm but, was a but, bro, Austin, well, Austin Reese showed us from, from his does rookie season. Does, he, has, has, does he have potential? Absolutely. Do I think but, he's one of the best? He's one of the, I think he's one of the, as a shooting guard, he's one of the best shooting guards coming up right now instead of young talent. Absolutely. Absolutely. He's, and, and he's a bucket. He's t- mm-hmm. And he's gritty. He, we, we've seen that he's, he's no punk. Hustle? Like, oh, yeah. Hustle, yeah. Oh, like I'm, I, I, I really, I really like him. So, and I think he's gonna be, he's gonna take a lot of that scoring, bro, off of Bron this season because everybody's expecting like the, like the slow. Uh, I don't know. I've been seeing Bron work out, the, man. My man looking like, listen, I don't know, Bron looking like. The thing, no, you don't gotta have him out there wilding now, though. Look at the you depth that you they have now. You don't, but Bron still look you like out there wilding. <laughs> And he'll turn it up. He'll turn it up when he got to. Uh, turn it up when he got to. Right. But he shouldn't have to on a nightly basis now. That's the okay. thing. That's right. He shouldn't have to put up 35 and, and 8 and 8 on a nightly basis. Right. But, that that's and yeah, that's all I got to say about it for real, for real. I think they just put the, the best, like, the, the correct pieces around Brian. He's got rim protection. He's got other scorers. He's got spot-up shooters. He's got guys that can run. He's got guys that can defend. He, he's got he got veterans. He's got young guys. Like he's got everything. He, yeah. he's, he's he's got a lot of talent on his team now. And being that they play the Nuggets four times a year, yeah. Like, and, and I know the Suns do too. But I think I think the tension between them two is a little bit a little bit deeper. Yeah, so, man. The, you know, Nuggets got a little too arrogant. <laughs> well, it's, hey. If you if you win a title, I believe you should get to be arrogant. You proved you were the best no, team. You were the best team out of twenty nine teams, and out of mm-hmm. those sixteen playoff teams, including the play-ins, you survived and triumphed in the battlefield. And yeah, I, hey, and, and, I don't and, see and this is my thing with the Nuggets. That's why I like yeah. them too because they they really have been humble. Like Nikola Jokic won back. I love Jokic. He, he won back to back MVPs, and he he acts like he he got a player of the month. Exactly. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I, this, this is why, and, and when I said this on the episode, when I saw Joel get so ecstatic about the envy, and listen, I understand. That's an award you should be. I, I get it, right? How many people won MVP? Right. How many people that were stars didn't win MVP? It's not something you can just get. But I felt like, I don't know, his. I felt like for him, that was it for him. I do. I felt like that was what he really wanted, and, and the championship was like, did he not want that? I think he wanted that, but I don't. I think that MVP was more important than the ring. That was just my honest thoughts, and a lot of guys killed me for that. But damn, now I'm seeing some people turn around saying the same stuff I'm saying. So now it's like I'm not that crazy anymore. And Jokic yeah. to me, 
have the mentality. Like, I would want my superstar to have Yogi's mentality, man. Like, mm-hmm. I like, would. Cool, but that ring mean the most. That, that ring, exactly. That's what defines your legacy at the end of the day. The MVP absolutely defines it, but that ring, how many guys, how many Hall of Famers get clowned? We, we watched Charles Barkley. Hey, love Charles. Love Charles. You ever watch this? Love you. Love TNT. Love it. How many times Charles Barkley get clowned by Shaq because he doesn't have a ring? And he's exactly. kind of just has to, like, shut up a little bit. But it's, I hate the ring argument because it's not fair, but it it's- is what it is. It's really and I and I hate that and I even hate when like we kind of get into debate like debate here on the show. Cause it's like we, but but it, but it's, it's, it's like, but the rings is the most validation of an award. So it's like you you. It is, but this is the thing, Colin. This is the thing. If every single superstar had a ring, how how important would it be at that point? That's true too. Great observation. Like, like what makes it so, like what makes it so valuable is that everybody can't get one. Get it when everyone can't get one. <laughs> have one. No. Like look, like look at the like look at the Jordan there. Like you said, Barkley was in that era. Did it get a ring? Uh, I don't know if Clyde. I don't know. If, John Stockton never won a ring. Carl never won a ring. Exactly. Allen Iverson. Back in old. I, I still say you take Shaq off that damn Lakers team. Sixers mm-hmm. take it to seven. I think Sixers and seven. Steve Nash never got a Steve ring. Steve Nash love. never won a ring. ring. And he played on some of the most dominant teams ever. The Phoenix Suns with the whole offense, Mike Dan, uh, oh my, the seven second offense, literally being implemented to this day. So yep. it's like, yeah, I mean, listen, I feel like, like you said, the Lakers definitely got the best. Me personally, I hate my, the work is, like, you know, I always trash the Lakers just because, but like you said, you made some great points. They got the most solid, balanced team, and considering the fact they got the best chemistry out of those, the Bucks don't have, well, Damian. I think them and the Greek Free, their chemistry will probably be a little bit more seamless compared to the – because I just think Bill, Booker, and Durant, that's just – now, they're all smart enough. I think they'll figure it out. But it's going to kind of remind me of the 2011 Heat where they kind of struggled in the beginning because yeah. guys yeah. just trying to figure out, okay, do I take over here? Do I take over here? Do I take over here? You know, I feel like that's going to be with the Suns a little bit. But KD is a little bit older than those two. So I think right. – is it fair to ask him to be the one to take the most of a step back out of those three? He is. Hey, that's KD now, right? So can he do it? Is he willing to do it? Who really knows? But the Lakers just got the best chemistry. They've been around each other the longest. And when you got someone like Brown, I consider Brown like how I consider Tom Brady. As long as you got those type of guys on your team, you always got a damn, you always got a damn shot, in my opinion. I'll never overlook. The only time I ever overlooked Brown was when he went to the Lakers the first year. They really just like – and he almost took him to the playoffs, literally. He right. almost did, actually. So it wasn't even like – so, yeah. So, yeah, I, I had to agree with you on the Lakers, man. Sure. All you right. Think, you think anybody else, bro? You think, I mean, I, I, the Suns obviously got to throw in there. I mean, I, I, I tell you, like the Bucks. I think the I think Giannis and the Greek Freak, their pick and roll is going to be just as deadly as hell. Joel's and James Harden was, in my opinion, because I just think game in the Greek Freak is damn near unfair to me. I really think the Bucks are better than the Celtics, but because the Celtics have more options compared to the Bucks, right? I mean, man, but it. But less but less is less is kind of more in a sense there because you, you like imagine imagine if the imagine if the Bucks had to worry about Brooke Lopez getting getting twenty a game. They don't gotta worry about that because that, Brooke, that, Lo- Brooke Lopez 
Chris Middleton. Can he? Because he, he kind of regressed last season. He kind of regressed. Can he yeah. step it back up and become that mm-hmm. guy that was all star? That was and, like looked at as the second option for Giannis, right? So, right. Like, can he get back to that? It kind of hinges on that. He's an X factor to me. Because mm-hmm. Dame and Giannis is going to do. I Brook Lopez even going to do his thing. He don't need to average twenty points a game. Now you got Dame. He can give you 15, 17, get you boards, block the shots, and do what he does. But Chris Middleton is the X factor to me. So, sure. and I think the Bucks are better than the Celtics. I said this in the group chat. I think the Bucks, man, that's a hell of a conference finals matchup. Bucks and Celtics. Oh man, we're gonna get it though. I, I know for a fact we're not gonna what? get it though. The, I don't listen. If we make the conference finals, I'm gonna talk my shit and I'm gonna keep saying we're going to the finals till we lose. So if we, Bro, it's an absolute it, it, loss. It happens every year. The teams you think are supposed to meet up in the conference finals are supposed to meet up in the finals. It never happens. I feel like bearing any injuries aside, they really like it would be massively disappointing. Those two don't meet the finals. If any injuries aside, injuries <laughs> aside. Those two are by far. It's literally one. It's always one A, one B. That's always the culprit. One A, one B, and then everyone else is just like you can rank it there, right? But one A, one B. That's those two. Right. So it's like I'm excited. The East is really effing exciting, mm-hmm. and and I listen to me. I'm I'm ready for October 24th. I know preseason games been. I don't watch preseason games. I think they no. just give the chance to let the rookies and two way players and undrafted guys and fight for the chance to get onto the actual. You know, uh, oh. but October 24th, man, I'm looking forward to it. I know you're looking forward to it. The RDP crew is looking forward to it, even though NFL season is starting away. But with that being said, that concludes episode 133 of the Strength Zone podcast. And gotta give a big shout out to my fellow co-hosts, the two man crew. We held it down. Hopefully the fans enjoyed this episode as much as we enjoyed recording this episode. Like Kyrie said, leave a like, subscribe, comment, give us your feedback, good or bad. We want to hear it all. So especially the negative feedback. So we use that to improve ourselves. So give us anything you guys got. We want to hear it all, man. Kyrie, you want to add anything else? Hey, like you hey, you already said it, bro. Like, comment, subscribe, keep tuning in. If if, if hey, I'm saying again, if you're not subscribed, you watch it because I see them percentages. If you're not subscribed, you watch it, hit that subscribe button, please. For y'all, hit the subscribe. Just listen, don't even subscribe, just hit the like. The like that, just helps us get out there, bro. It's all free. The like, it's and it's free. free. You don't have to pay a dime, especially on the edge. You guys are streaming. You guys are listening to the audio more than the YouTube, and I appreciate that just as much because that mm-hmm. means we are doing something great. But YouTube is really where we're trying to make ourselves more out there. So please try mm-hmm. to help us out. Like I said, give us feedback, criticism, whatever. We want to hear it all. So absolutely, we, we appreciate what you guys do for us. And that's why we keep dropping more and more episodes, and we, we personally enjoy it because we love sports. Every single guy on the RZP crew is a fanatic of sports. We talk about baseball, football, wrestling, basketball, college basketball. You know, Kyrie planning on doing UFC soon, so be on the lookout for any UFC fans. It's going to be in the works. Like I said, subscribe and don't miss any of it, and that's how you be in tune and everything. So that being said, everyone have a great day in whatever place you are at the time this recording. Have a great night, and like I said, be ready and stay tuned for the next episode. Thank you. Sure, salute.